Good evening. It's my privilege to bring our Bible reading tonight. And tonight we're reading from the Gospel of John, from chapter 5, reading verses 1 to 11. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. We're now going to hear from Scott, who's going to speak to us. So let me pray for Scott as we come to hear from him. Our gracious Father, we thank you for Scott as he comes to speak to us. We pray that you would speak through him and that our hearts would be open to hear your word and that you would touch us through this uh, sermon tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's great to have the opportunity to uh, share with you tonight and uh, thanks again for the invitation uh, to be invited into uh, your community at Q. Uh, good to share with the, um, the community this morning and again tonight. Uh, there's something about coming together on Zoom, isn't there, um, in terms of um, how we relate and I guess how we kind of do life. I'm loving the fact that, uh, you know, tonight you can bring your uh, your Udi, your blankets, your popcorn, uh, your dog. Um, I'm a bit concerned. I keep watching one of the dogs there. I think the dog's going to fall asleep while I'm preaching. Um, but uh, it's great how we can experience authentic community together. And so um, it probably teaches us something, doesn't it, about what it means to be the kind of scattered community as, uh, as, God's, uh, as God's people. I had, a, uh, a f- I had a unique experience recently, a first for me. I had to have a, uh, a brain scan, a brain MRI. I've been unwell for some time and uh, been experiencing lots of headaches and uh, just kind of aches and pains across my body. And uh, my GP and my wife were kind of on my case about getting checked out. And uh, for, for a moment there, uh, particularly when you go to Dr. Google and you start to read about your symptoms, things don't kind of look good. And there I was recently in Box Hill uh, in the midst of this pandemic with everything else that's already happening around us. And there I was kind of locked in for this uh, brain scan. 
if you've had one before, you know, you've got the casing around your head and, uh, you know, fake pictures of travelling to Europe on a mirror above you, as good as it gets these kind of days. And they kind of, you know, put you in the machine and then the, the kind of hammering starts. And the young technologist said to me, uh, what kind of music would you like? And I think I got the kind of hits of the 2000s. And um, there was kind of drops of Jupiter playing in my headphones and then uh, chasing cars. And then I don't know who picked the playlist, but you're having a brain scan. They put a song on when you're gone. Um, you know, you don't want to listen to that when you're thinking what's happening with your health. But um, thankfully, uh, out of that uh, came the feedback that I didn't have a brain tumour, but some long-term spinal challenges that I'm going to need to address in my life. But as I was in that kind of confined space, I felt stuck. I physically, I was stuck. And what was going through my mind, there were kind of three competing things happening. There was a sense of pity, you know, God, why me? Why now? Why is this happening right now? And that sense of self-pity, and you can kind of run with that for a little while. There was a sense of panic. I like to be in control. I'm sure around the screen today, many of us like to be in control in life. And suddenly I was totally out of control. I mean, COVID's taught us we're not in control, hey? And, and then here I was in the midst of this scan and I certainly wasn't in control. So there were these thoughts of pity and thoughts of panic racing through my head along with you know, when you're gone. And then in the midst of that, trying to grab hold afresh of the presence of God with me, trying to grab hold right there in that moment in the MRI machine, the thoughts of Psalm 46 that uh, uh, Lauren read for us this morning or Psalm 23 that we might know well, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's kind of competing things happening in my mind. I I want to use that picture to begin with because if I was to ask you to think of some words about how you feel tonight, I wonder what words would come to mind. Some of you look pretty relaxed with your toasties and popcorn and rugs, you know, but um, how... How do you really feel tonight? I'm struck as I ask colleagues that question, as I ask friends, family members, even my my kids here tonight. A common word that I keep hearing is stuck. I feel stuck. Uh, One of the crew, one of the team before we um, the service started tonight, just mentioned how lockdown six feels different. It does, doesn't it? There's a sense of flatness. We're we're kind of tired. We're weary. We feel stuck. We look around the world and we see what's happened in the Middle East and we're overwhelmed by that. Uh, Last week, Lifeline received the most calls ever in its history in one day in Australia. Uh, People feel stretched emotionally. Just on that point, can I say that if, uh, if you feel emotionally stretched and you want to talk to someone, uh, that isn't a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength as a follower of Jesus. Um, in my own life in the past six months, my mum died in New South Wales and I wasn't able to get to her and see her across the border uh, before she died. I've recently finished in a pastoral role uh, and uh, there's been a whole lot happening in my own family. And for me to check in with a professional person has been a really good thing often good to remind ourselves of that. Uh, 
So tonight, really quickly, I'd like to ask the question then, um, how, do we get, um, how do we get unstuck? How do we get unstuck? What are some things that might help us as we think about the fact that we're stuck, but our God wants us to live a life that in a sense is one that of, uh, of being unstuck? And I've been pondering that question with the help of John chapter 5. And I've looked at this passage many times over recent months, particularly as I've been on a, a pain journey in my own life. I've never really dealt with pain before, uh, as I am now. Uh, seeing a, a neurologist and a neurosurgeon on Friday night, I had an injection put into my spine. And so I've kind of been grappling with the issue of pain, but more, what's it look like to be stuck? And God, how do I live a life that is unstuck? Think about this passage tonight really quickly. Um, can I encourage you this week, maybe take this passage away with you and uh, and read it. Read it a number of times. It's a challenging but a beautiful passage of God at work in our lives. We've got this picture of a, of a kind of a, a colonnade, a, a pool, not some kind of spa resort, uh, but a, a pool with steps around it. And all around the pool are people who are suffering, a different culture to ours today. People pushed to the margins. Uh, some would have just been left there by their family. People with physical, emotional uh, and mental health challenges. Uh, a sense of kind of hopelessness. Uh, a sense of, of kind of pain around this pool. People kind of crying out for help. Pe- people kind of almost competing for help. A real sense of brokenness. And a reminder that Ultimately, we are broken people ourselves. But we celebrate grace tonight, don't we? We celebrate a God who is at work in our lives, restoring us and renewing us. And here is this man. He's been, uh, uh, we're told, paralysed for 38 years, almost four decades of his life, and he's lying by the pool. For him, there would have been the same peas that I dealt with. For him, there would have been pity. There would have been that sense of, of self-pity. Why me? Kind of woe is me. But, you know, why am I stuck here? I can't move. I can't walk. No one caring or loving him. And beyond that physical, obviously, challenge, imagine emotionally and mentally how he feels. And then every now and then the, the water would bubble up, we're told. The, the temple would be kind of washed out and cleaned. And when the water kind of gushed out of the temple, it kind of bubbled up in this pool. And the superstition was when the water bubbled up, if you got in the pool, you could be healed. You know? A bit like how we uh, will kind of run to the places that we love as soon as lockdown finishes. There was this sense of the man desperately wanting to get in the pool. And what does he say to Jesus in this passage? No one will help me get in the water. There was a sense of pity for this man and a sense of panic. He wanted to be in control. He wanted to get in the water, but he couldn't. I wondered tonight, where do you feel stuck? It might sound a kind of sobering question, but you can't get unstuck unless you're first know where you're stuck. Where, where might you be stuck tonight? You, you might feel physically stuck in lockdown. Just chatting to someone in our breakout room who was in quarantine. They know what it's like to be stuck. Um, you might be emotionally stuck. 
You might feel relationally stuck, financially. Yeah, you might be uh, like me, and there's mainly younger faces on the screen. But you might like, you might be like me with kids at homeschool, and uh, God bless school teachers. You know, um, I've been stuck with year three maths for the last week. It's uh, it's very different to when I was in year three. Where, where might you feel stuck in your life? And you see, we come back to John five. And and there's this one line that just jumps out of the scriptures for me. And it might seem so simple, but it's so profound. And we see it there in verse 4. When Jesus saw him. When Jesus saw him. The God of the universe breaks into human history, grace with a human face, and here is God. And he sees one man and his need. He sees one person who is stuck and his heart, his compassion goes out to him. You know the reality tonight? That God sees you. We might know that, but does it captivate our hearts afresh tonight? That God sees you. That God knows you. That you are loved. That you are not alone. That you are not bereft. That in the midst of the stuckness, in the midst of lockdown six, in the midst of whatever you might be facing in your life tonight. There is a God who sees you, a God whose heart breaks for you, a God who cares for you, a God who knows you. I don't know about you, but I take incredible comfort from that, that I am not alone. And and in the midst of everything that I face, Jesus sees me. He sees my hopes and dreams, my strengths, my aspirations, but he sees my frailty and my brokenness. And he beckons me, he invites me into a deeper relationship with him. And so we see in this passage that template of what it looks like to get stuck. We can feel pity. We can send ourselves an invitation to a pity party. It might seem a good party to go to for a short time, but then we realise we don't, we don't want to stay there. We see panic. We see the fact that we want to kind of be in control, but ultimately we're not in control. And so we're struck by that third P tonight. We're struck by presence. In the midst of stuckness, we can choose pity. We can choose panic. Or we can lean in afresh and we can choose presence, the presence of God at work in our lives, the presence of Jesus, the reality that we can look to and turn to Jesus afresh tonight in the midst of whatever we face. And then Jesus asked this question um, and almost seems like a Sunday school kind of question. um, and, And people have written even PhDs on it, but, Jesus says to the man, do you want to get well? I mean, here's a man who's been lying by a pool for, you know, 38 years, and Jesus comes to him and says, you know, do you want to get well? Why does Jesus ask that question? If we had time tonight, it would be great to jump into breakout rooms and even think about that. Why does Jesus ask that question? What is Jesus actually asking? He's actually saying to this man, not only do you want to physically get well, he's saying, do you actually want to open up your life 
to it being totally different to what it is today. My old college principal back at Morling College in Sydney many, many years ago, uh, speaking about this passage, and I wrote this little quote down and I've still got it with me. He said, what Jesus is really asking there is, do you really want what you say you want? Think about that. Maybe if you take nothing else out tonight, take that question away. Do you really want what you say you want? You see, this man can say, I want to get well, but for this man to get well, it will mean a total transformation. That's why Jesus says, pick up your mat. Why does he say that for? Because he says, you won't need your mat anymore. You won't be lying down. You won't be living with pity or panic. You'll need to discover life afresh. Your life's about to change totally, sociologically, economically, relationally. Everything about your life is about to change if I bring healing into your life. And, of course, Jesus wants to bring that healing. I wonder tonight if we were put down on a piece of paper, where do I want change in my life? You know, I want to be a better dad. I, I, I want to grow as a better husband. I, I, I want to grow in my personal life with Jesus. I, I want to grow in my spiritual disciplines. Uh, I want to be more emotionally aware as a leader uh, I want to be stronger in my relationships with my friends. I, I want to grow as a leader. I, I, I might list lots of things. I want to get unstuck. I want to let go of that guilt. I want to let go of that shame. I, I want to experience freedom. I don't know what would be on your list. And the question, do we really want what we say we want? And the only way that we ultimately get unstuck in life is to allow God to break into our brokenness. It actually begins with acknowledging that we're broken people. It begins by saying, God, I, I know I can't do this on my own. You know, lying there in a brain scan, MRI machine, I realise, Scott, you are not in control. But I recognise that ultimately Jesus is. And that doesn't mean that Jesus just waves a magic wand and suddenly lockdown six disappears. It means that every day in our brokenness, we recognise that we have a restoring, reconciling, good, good father, a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, a God who wants to cultivate Christ-likeness within us, a God who wants to take your stuckness and teach you something about faith and life. Over the last few months, I've learned a lot about pain in my life, but that also helps me recognise the pain that others face far greater than I do. And so tonight, when we think about unstuckness, as we wrap up, can I invite you to think about the reality of what God wants to do afresh in your life tonight? We can choose pity. We can choose panic or we can come back to presence, to Jesus, the God who is with us tonight. One of the best sermons I ever heard was a sermon preached by Louis Giglio, and you can find it on, uh, on, um, on online somewhere, I'm sure, on YouTube. 
And he speaks about the fact that as a senior pastor of one of the largest churches in America, suddenly he was overcome by anxiety and by depression. And he, he, he chose pity and panic. And he wasn't sure how to find his way out of this. And he poured his heart out to a friend in an incredibly long message, a text message. And he only got back a short response. And at first he thought, well, my friend doesn't really care for me. But then he began to ponder what that response was. And his friend said this. His friend said, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. What did his friend mean? His friend took him back to Psalm 23, where I want to finish tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. If we believe that tonight, how is the Lord being your shepherd right now? In the midst of lockdown, if you feel stuck, where is the Lord your shepherd tonight? Or where do you need the Lord to be your shepherd? And what else does Psalm 23 say? Psalm 23 says, we walk through the valley. Everyone on this screen tonight knows what it is to walk through the valley in lockdown in Melbourne. We've walked through lots of valleys, haven't we? And some of you tonight are walking through even darker and deeper valleys than than what I know. But you know what Psalm 23 says? Psalm Psalm 23 doesn't say the Lord leads us into dark valleys. Psalm 23 says the Lord leads us through dark valleys. God doesn't lead us into a valley. God leads us through a valley as we trust him, as we hold on to his presence in our lives. And this verse that we haven't got time at all to unpack tonight. But uh, the Lord who says, and I'll kind of seat you at a table in the midst of your enemies. In other words, in the midst of lockdown, in the midst of stuckness, in the midst of everything you face in your life, God says, I am with you. And the challenge that we don't give the evil one a seat at our table, who will encourage us to choose panic, or pity, but we remind ourselves that Jesus invites us to sit at his table. Jesus invites us to sit at his table. And when we sit at his table, what does that bring? It brings presence. It brings peace, a peace that I don't understand, a peace that surpasses understanding. It brings God's peace. It brings people. Brings people like those on the screen, those you're sitting next to tonight, those you're uh, rubbing up close to, or those you're looking down the Zoom screen. It brings the community of Q Baptist Church because we need each other to get unstuck. It brings purpose. What do we see? The man's life is healed. Roll up your mat, move on. There's transformation. There are people to serve. There's new things to do in the midst of lockdown. The greatest thing we can do is be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, of course, it brings perseverance. We can go on. We can move forward, not in our own strength, but in the strength of Jesus. Let's not choose pity. Let's not choose panic. But let's come back afresh in the midst of stuckness and realise that we get unstuck as we come to the table afresh with Jesus. And there we find presence, we find peace, 
we find good people, we find purpose, and we find perseverance. Jesus saw the man. Jesus sees you tonight. He loves you. He cares for you. He's got a plan and purpose for you, even in lockdown. And he invites us to embrace what it means for him to be the shepherd of our lives in the midst of challenging times, that we might grow, that we might learn, that we might serve others, that we might look and live more like Jesus as unstuck people because the shepherd is with us. Can I pray? Father God, thank you for the richness of community, even on a Zoom screen, that we remind ourselves that we are not alone, that there are good people around us, people who love us and care for us, cheering us on, standing with us, praying for us, supporting us. But more than that, remind us that beyond a Zoom screen tonight, Father God, you are with us. Our prayer would become Holy Spirit. Remind us tonight that we are not bereft of hope, that we are not alone, that even in those darkest valleys, even those places that others might not see, where we feel stuck, remind us that by your Spirit you can help us get unstuck, that we can experience grace and forgiveness and freedom and purpose and joy and peace. Father, remind us tonight that you saw that man and you see us. You love us, you care for us, and you're here for us. And may it be this week that confronted with challenges that we don't choose pity, that we don't choose panic, but we choose afresh the presence of Jesus. We choose the presence of Jesus. We thank you that you are our good, good shepherd. Watch over us and lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.